Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Beloved brands know customer relationships are everything. That's why over 130,000 trust Clavio to power smarter digital relationships across their websites, emails, SMS, and reviews. And now there's Clavio AI, your guide to smarter insights, decisions, work, and results. Brands like Everyman Jack trust Clavio AI to personalize product recommendations that keep customers coming back. Discover Clavio AI at Clavio.com slash box. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com backslash box. Listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. We are live and we are back with a brand new edition of On to the Next One. The matchmaking hats are back on following a wild UFC 278 event last night, Saturday, perhaps, if if you're hearing this on the podcast network in Salt Lake City, Utah. We have a brand new UFC welterweight champion. We have a lot of questions in the middleweight division. We have another bantamweight in the championship conversation. A lot to unpack. From a matchmaking perspective, thank you for joining us after a crazy night. I am Mike Heck, and as you can see, my best friend, A.K. Lee, is not here. So joining me in his place this week, a very special guest, Mr. No Gray Area, Mr. Hot Take. He's my friend and yours, and probably just as tired as we all are who are a part of the show right now. Mr. Jed Mishu, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Mike. You know, I got to say, I'm I'm showing up on this show a lot these days. Uh, and I think I'm getting better at it, but I'm not very good for this one. Uh, I don't respect to you, NAK. I have no idea how you guys do this every pay-per-view. Um, because it's both difficult and I went to bed like two hours ago. <laughs> so <laughs> it is... Uh, uh, you know, but we're going to have some fun. I I don't think I have any good answers today, which is unfortunate. But hopefully you guys are bringing, bringing better ones than I have. Well, we're going to have some fun with this, as always. And for those watching live with us, if you want to throw some matchmaking ideas at us in terms of specific fights that we're talking about, feel free. Otherwise, at the end, we'll get to all of your suggestions. We'll open it up. We'll just throw... All your suggestions up here, we will react to them, uh, and we'll react to some of the DMs that some of you may have sent as well. Not all, but we'll get to as many as we can, and uh, we'll have some fun for the next hour or so. So let's start with the main event, Jed. This one is a bit easier than we thought it might be halfway through the fifth round of this fight, but Leon Edwards knocks out Kamara Usman in the final minute. It was one of those... Hey, why do you watch MMA? That's why mofo moments. And less than 60 seconds away from losing a 49-46 unanimous decision, Edwards lands a, he- a kick to the head 
of Kamar Usman. Knocks him stiff right there and then in the middle of the cage. A walk-off KO for the ages. And the man who has paid his dues for nearly eight years in the UFC, and quite frankly, his whole life out of the cage, unbeaten for seven years since Usman beat him the first time they fought on the way up, Rocky Edwards is a UFC world champion. We talked a lot about this on the post-fight show. It seems like the trilogy fight is next, that it has to be in London. Seems like the obvious choice, but quite frankly, if Usman decides to take some time off or needs to reflect on anything, it's not the only choice. So is it the trilogy in your eyes, or are you pinpointing something else here? It's the trilogy, Mike. I mean... As long as Usman wants it, uh, I and and you know me, I hate immediate rematches. I am staunchly opposed to them, but this is a this is a trilogy, which I feel a little bit better about doing an immediate rematch when it's when it's a trilogy. Uh, I mean, Usman is he's. I, I guess it's one of those things. It maybe wouldn't be the choice I had if I was, had full control. Uh, but it's certainly the thing that is going to happen and I think makes a ton of sense to do it, especially, like you said, it has to happen in London. Like, there's there's just no two ways about it. The UFC has lately not been, you know, COVID took some took some of this, right? But a lot of times champions haven't been giving, given the opportunity to defend in front of a home crowd. Charles Oliveira jumps to mind. Uh You got to go to London for Leon. Like you just have to do that. The only person who can prevent this from happening probably in the next six to seven months is Kamar Usman. If he decides to take a break and let's, let's be clear and put this out there because this doesn't get talked about enough. This man has fought double the amount of fights of Leon Edwards since the Colby, the first Colby Covington fight. He's been the most active champion over the last two years and change. And if he wants to take some more time to spend with his with his daughter, his family, and do whatever, he has absolutely earned that right. And the second he is ready to come back, he will get a title fight. I don't think he will do that. So ultimately, first quarter 2023, we get the rematch for the belt in London. Hopefully they can do it at Wembley. And apparently, throughout all the talk last night, there's apparently a retractable roof on Wembley Stadium these days. So there you go. But And this yeah, is just a really fascinating fight now. But uh, let me ask you this before we move on, because if Hamzat Shabayev beats Nate Diaz in a little less than three weeks' time, and Usman does take time off, maybe he doesn't fight until like the middle or end of next year, what do you think the UFC is going to do? Do you think they'll go with Edward Shabayev? Or, and I know I might get some eye rolls here, but this is a very strong possibility if Usman takes time off, Leon Edwards versus Jorge Mazadal, which, by the way, for a guy that hadn't earned a ton of hype from fans outside of the U- UK really at all during this run, and you've been sort of driving the train here when it comes to no one really is all that interested in Leon Edwards, he's in a pretty damn good spot right now, isn't he? Because his next well, fight, no matter what happens, is going to be massive any way you look at it. Well, it's it's always a good spot to win the welterweight championship of the world. So, yes, I would say he's in a very good spot. <laughs> um, yeah, man, uh, I think... If Kamara wants to take an extended time off, uh, I think the UFC is probably just going to hold anyway, even even with Hamza. I, I was a bit surprised they didn't just let Hamza leapfrog, leapfrog Leon. Uh, now he's fighting Nate ostensibly to set him up for a, a title fight, but 
kind of think they're just gonna they're gonna ice him if that's the case. Like just just hang tight unless Leon is like because here's the thing if 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 it's it's all down to Leon, right? Because if Usman wants to take some time to recover, etc., Leon is then has the choice: does he want to fight again or not? And if he comes to the UFC and is like, "I want to fight," I just don't think that they. I spent some time thinking about it last night. I don't think they pull the trigger on the Masvidal fight. It's such a, it's a fight that makes sense from a narrative perspective. It's really tough to sell Masvidal getting having lost three in a row and getting a title fight, even with the narrative here, especially with Hamzat looming. So if Leon says, I want to fight before then, I think he has to fight Hamzat. So I think if if, if Usman wants to sit out, Leon's going to sit out right there with him and do, you know, a Wembley show against Usman, which would be enormous. And he should. Like, that's what he should do. Yep, I completely agree. Uh, we talked about, I know some people are asking who we think wins the rematch. I think right now we're both kind of on the Leon Edwards side of things, but the builds of the fight could could change minds. Who knows? But I want to ask you from a betting perspective, what's the what do you think the opening betting line is? I don't know if it's dropped yet, but do you think Usman opens as a pretty sizable favorite? Uh, I think he opens as a favorite, but it's pretty close. Um, just because this line was relatively close. I mean... Uh, I got I got Edwards last night right at close at like plus three fifteen or something like that. The he he stayed pretty steady around plus two eighty five ish all week, and then fight night a little more money came in on Usman. Uh, so Usman would have closed around minus four hundred for foreign change. Uh, I think he's probably minus two hundred just because of the tenor of that fight. Right, Usman was winning the fight very comfortably until he wasn't. So I think Usman would still be the favorite, um, but I, th- I think it is closer, minus minus 220, maybe minus 250. I'm trying to see here because it does look like a line has dropped. Uh, really? Bet, M- Bet MGM dropped a line. Usman a minus 375 favorite right now. That can't possibly be right. That's what the futures – I'm looking at best fight odds right now. That's what the futures are saying. So that I don't is, know. We'll figure that out. I'm sure we'll we'll have some more. That we'll have very other other lines dropping at this point, but we'll see, man. That was uh, quite a performance. And Leon Edwards, what a difference a freaking kick to the face makes! Because now he's in a really good spot. So that's the main event. Let's go to the co-main event. Paulo Costa defeats Luke Rockhold in a fight that, no matter how you look at it. It's likely going to be on our fight of the year list at the end of the year. Oh, what a crazy sure. ass fight that was. But these next two, I guess, selections are going to be kind of interesting, Jed. So let's start with Paul Costa. Let's start with the eraser because he said on Wednesday that this is the last fight on his deal. And then at the post-fight press conference last night, he sort of walked that back a little bit and said maybe he has another fight. So not really sure what's going to go on here. But I would say if you had your druthers – you're not giving him a UFC opponent next, are you? Uh, for the sake of it, I wrote one down just because I didn't really know how we're supposed to handle that on the show. But no, my my number one opponent for Paulo Costa is Antonio Carlos Jr., um, who listeners may recognize uh, is in the PFL. Because I think, assuming Paulo Costa is in fact no longer under contract, I think he should go to the PFL. Uh, I think he should go to the PFL's light heavyweight division. Uh, I think he should win one million American dollars because (laughs) 
Shane Burgos is going to do it. It's a great choice for him. I don't remember who is in the light heavyweight tournament for them right now. Uh, but uh, Amarik Medov maybe is, is still going. Um, but, you know, I, I said it on BTL this week. I've said it a lot lately. Uh, the heavyweight, I mean, Balakos could do it at heavyweight if he wants to do that because Ante Delage is fighting Mateus Scheffel for $1 million in the heavyweight tournament. And I think Paulo Costa should do that because a million dollars is a lot of money. Yeah, I, I, I see these comments a lot. Why would you ever tell someone to leave the UFC? That's like someone playing in the NFL wants to go to the minors. That, that's absolutely false. What because minors? It, yeah, I mean, listen, is the PFL as big metaphors. as the UFC? <laughs> yeah, is, I mean, listen, is, is the PFL as big as the UFC? Absolutely not. But do they have a lot of money to throw around? I mean, look at Shane Burgos. Shane Burgos is making way more money than he would be in the UFC. And by the way, the path to a million dollars on top of the, I'm sure, six-figured-plus deal he would get signing with the PFL for each fight, it's hard to turn that down. So I, I don't understand why that's such a bad thing when your path to a title and your path to a lot of money, I'm not going to I mean, it's fighting, so it's not like it's, quote-unquote, easier, but it's a much better situation for him and, and for a lot of people in his situation. He's not fighting for a title in the UFC unless Alex Pereira bolts Israel Adesanya twice and Costa wins like another couple of fights because it's not easy to erase, no pun intended, what nice. happened in the title nice. fight with Adesanya. So it's still a long road for him to get to a title fight. So I don't know, man. Like him being a free agent, which is not 100% done yet, it's, it's an interesting, fun story. I mean, it is just because he's no disrespect to Shane Burgos. Paulo Costa is the best free agent. And look, you know, if people, look, if, if you're just going to be one of those guys who's standing everything the UFC does, cool. But I don't know. Uh, Gilbertine has got like a shitload of money to go play basketball in China. And he could have hung around the league and was like, no, I'm going to get this paycheck instead of ride the bench over here because you should. Um, for the gentleman who made the clip, made the comment, I don't remember your name. Uh, I don't know what you do for a living, but if somebody out there is willing to pay you a substantially more monies to, to do that or something similar, you should do that because that's the point of jobs is to get <laughs> the most money you can for your skills and services. And, Paulo Costa can get the most money possible, not in the UFC. That's just where he's at right now. Completely agree. Now, for I'm going to make a UFC fight, if he does have one more fight, I like the sh the winner of the Sean Strickland Jared Kennedy fight. That makes sense. But if he is a free agent right now, I don't think his next fight is going to be the UFC because he's talked about wanting to box. Like Triller does weird, wacky things. So I could see Triller just throwing him a bunch of money to do weird, wacky things. Maybe he's on a Jake Paul card or something. Like maybe he doesn't fight Jake Paul right away, but maybe he gets on an undercard or something. But he could also go to Bellator. I'm sure Bellator would pay him. PFL would definitely pay him. And, you know, like you said, and like we've been talking about, if I'm Ray Cepho and company, the second they can communicate with Paul Acosta, I'm picking up the telephone with his girlfriend, calling his girlfriend and extending a big money offer because. He could fight at 85. He could fight at 205. He could just be on the pay-per-view card. So if I'm Paul Costa and I'm a free agent, PFL is definitely an option. It's probably up top. So now here's where things get real interesting because we have Luke Rockhold at the end of the fight. He takes his gloves off, 
says he's retiring. It certainly seems like he retired, but we've heard this song before and he said he's effing old and it appears that he's done. So are you willing to match make for him here? Oh yeah. Um, I, I have a name down. I will also say that if just, just to put a bow on Rockhold, if Rockhold does stay in the UFC for whatever reason, I thought about, um, you know, the, the Shicklin one, the, uh, the winner of that fight, like you said, but I just went with Andre Muniz because Andre Muniz deserves a chance to fight up in the rankings and, Everybody else is busy. So I was like, yeah, make him fight Andre Muniz. Uh, but yeah, I'm totally happy to to match make for Rockhold. I think it's probably close to 50-50 we see him again. Um, just because we talked about it in the post show. That was very that was the strangest possible outcome, I think, for that fight. Because <laughs> yeah. in our pre-show talks, I, I certainly believed, and I think a lot of people did, or maybe the majority of humans, I would I would guess, thought that if Rockhold won, okay, Rockhold won, he's back. But if he loses, it's going to be the same way he's been losing, which is he's going to get punched in the face with the left hook and he's going to fold up like a lawn chair. But he didn't. You know, he, he showed a lot of grit, a lot of heart, two characteristics that, frankly, Rockhold has never really been known for in his career. Uh, and it was the very strange situation where, I don't think he needs to retire off that, right? Like he he didn't go. It, it was not a Luke just doesn't have any more. He came in off a three-year layoff in a weird situation at altitude in a style matchup that probably wasn't the best for him anyway and really held his own. Like I'm not saying he won any round of that fight, but he was very competitive at moments and I I don't think that that is not a performance that makes me go, man, Luke Rockhold, just just wash, needs to hang it up. So I think there's a real world where a lot of that was the emotion in the moment. He's been through a bunch. Uh, he took another loss in a really hard-fought battle that at, he obviously looked at times like he just wanted to leave because he couldn't breathe. But I think there's a real chance he goes home. Uh, he talks to DC later is you know and kind of realizes oh i lost but i i have more to give and i i would like to do it and if that happens i think there's only one fight and it's chris weidman we there was a time when everyone thought those two dudes were gonna have a trilogy of incredible middleweight title fights and that obviously didn't happen but weidman coming off the big horrific injury should be ready to go by next year and I think that fight makes way too much sense for both guys. So on the post-fight show, I I teased the only thing in my eyes that I think would get Luke Rockhold back in there. I, I honestly like got the feeling he was done, like that he had really didn't have much more to prove. But the only thing that gets him out of there, I said this is 95% he's done. You did. But there's 5%, which is a little higher than it should be. And you might look at me and you might attack me in these comments and I don't give a shit. But here's the thing. I think he's done unless they offer him a title fight, which I still don't think is out of the realm of possibility. If Adesanya beats Pereira and he wants to fight Luke Rockhold, if he comes on and says, hey, Luke, I, was, I enjoyed the fight. I need this name on the resume. And he has mentioned Luke Rockhold's name before. I am not slamming the door on this idea at all because 
Yo Romero got a title fight after losing two straight and three out of four. And I know you don't feel like he lost those two fights, but in the record books, those are losses. And the fight after he lost Apollo Costa, he got a title fight and a ridiculously fun fight. So some of you might think I'm absolutely insane, but look at this damn division. Like who else is there? Maybe if Sean Strickland beats Jared Cannonier, he could talk himself into a title fight. That's a tough matchup for him. Yeah, I'm just saying this that. is I'm just saying it is not completely outrageous that this could happen. But I think he's done oh. unless that's an option. Like that's li- in my eyes that's the only thing that gets him back and it's all up to Adesanya to say, "Hey, I want to fight you Luke Rockhold. Like I can't have my resume complete without your name on it as a former champion." Which he's oh. done before and he's gotten his wish. So it's it's not crazy. I don't think it's crazy. Um, I don't think it's likely. Uh, but no, I don't either. I, there's, a, there's definitely, I, I 100% agree. Luke Rockhold for sure absolutely accepts that should that somehow come down the pipe for him. But I think it's very unlikely. I, I just think that it's, I think Rockhold absolutely last night felt that he was retired. I am not sure how he will feel in a month or two months because He's done similar. He has had similar vibes before, and then life comes at you. A good rule of thumb for everybody watching is that if a fighter retires, don't believe them because this is MMA, and they never stay retired, like ever, ever, ever. Uh, Chuck Liddell came back after 10 years because that's how this sport is. So I am just going to assume we see him back at some point. But, or at least that it's a 50-50 proposition. We'll see what happens. I We'll see. Time heals all wounds, and maybe he does come back and fight Chris Weidman, which I'd be down, absolutely down to watch, uh, especially with yeah. Weidman mm-hmm. wanting to come back at the end of the year, early next year, but we'll see. Beloved brands know customer relationships are everything. That's why over 130,000 trust Clavio to power smarter digital relationships across their websites, emails, SMS, and reviews. And now... There's Clavio AI, your guide to smarter insights, decisions, work, and results. Brands like Everyman Jack trust Clavio AI to personalize product recommendations that keep customers coming back. Discover Clavio AI at Clavio.com slash box. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com backslash box. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. I know you don't want to talk about this, but we have to. Marab Dualashwili gets the win over Jose Aldo. Mm. The fight... Let's be honest. It didn't live up to the hype. I'm not being a hater. I'm just being a realist. I, I thought Aldo. I thought Aldo clearly won the first round. The 30-27 scorecard was junk. The second was real close. I usually go back and watch things if I if I have questions, but I didn't have time this morning. But I mean, I could see it both ways. I know you were you and Casey both believe that. Jose won the second round. There wasn't much to really score there, but I could definitely see it both ways. And Marab just did it all in the third. It was a clear third round for him. Huge win for Marab. Like I said, I'm sure this one hurts your soul to talk about, but do you have a pick here or which I would understand 
the latter, is this a wait and see for you? I have a pick. Uh, I will say that uh, I did rewatch it just because um, I believe that the correct true score to that fight uh, is a 28-28 draw or yeah, 28, 29, 29. I don't, however it is round two should have been a, a draw. Um, cause the same stuff I said in the post fight, like I, you're right. There's not a ton to score. It's not like Aldo did a lot, but I don't believe, I fundamentally do not believe we should reward wall install and watch that fight and look at the differences between rounds two and three. And that is the difference between, uh, effective aggression and wall install because in round three Marab absolutely who's using the same overall like strategy but his tactics were very different and he actively like attempted to do stuff uh also i previously stated uh i don't it was who did chris curtis fight the time before last Dolph Vieira. yeah uh i made a rule during that fight that if once you fail on 10 takedown attempts in a row, uh, you automatically lose the fight because we shouldn't reward spamming takedowns uh, infinitely into the wind because you don't have an effective strategy outside of doing this one thing and the other guy's not allowing it. And so by that metric, Aldo certainly wins because Marab failed infinitely in his takedown attempts, but... I, I think that fight should just be a draw. I think we should be much more comfortable scoring rounds where nothing definitive happened in favor of a tie because it's very stupid that Marab wins the second round for holding. And it's similarly, it is it would be dumb for Aldo to win that fight for being held like that round. So, uh, but that's just me and my sour grapes. Uh, I I think Marab is a there's it's an either or. I don't know how that is treated here frankly but if Piotr Jan beats Sean O'Malley you do Piotr Jan versus Marab Valashvili if he does not uh, then you do Marab Valashvili versus Cheeto Vera because if if Jan loses then O'Malley's getting the title fight and so then then Marab gets to fight Cheeto because O'Malley is going to be held up either with Sterling or, or Dillashaw. So, yeah, it's mostly wait and see, but I think that's the fight largely just depends on what happens with, with Pierre Dion, Sean O'Malley. Yeah, I'm pretty much with you there. Um, Why Ashley, Ashley saying takedown sure do take effort. So does swinging and missing. I don't like, why does that, why are we rewarding things that take effort? Like we, it, yeah. It's effective offense and holding a man against the cage and conversely being held against the cage. Neither of those are effective by any, uh, any realistic measure. I said it last night. Again, I understand why people scored it for him and I don't have, I don't take issue with it. I'm not like, this is a robbery, but it's just fundamentally stupid to, for the, the sport to think that that matters. And for those wondering what the actual numbers were, according to UFC stats, Marab Dwalishwili was 0 for 16 officially on takedowns. 0 for 16. So, I mean, we, we knew that the takedown defense would hold up, but listen, yeah, I mean, Marab, he looked really good defending takedowns. That was yeah. all of an effort. <sighs> to me, and, and I said this on the post of show, Marlon Vera is the biggest winner in this whole thing. He is the top guy right now. 
And I'm and I'm with you. If, if Piotr Jan beats Sean O'Malley, Cheeto is getting a title shot. So I'm going to try and predict the future here and say that Piotr Jan does beat Sean O'Malley. I think it's a more interesting fight and it's a closer fight than a lot of people think it's going to be, especially the first five minutes of it. But I think Jan will ultimately win the fight and then he will fight Marab because there's no way O'Malley is fighting Marab no matter what happens in that fight. So that's my pick. I, I, I'll just try to predict the future and and there you go. Now... For Jose Aldo, this is one of those things where it just depends on if he's got a really bad taste in his mouth that he wants to get rid of very quickly and just how long he wants to take off. But, but I mean, at this point, I have to go with Dominic Cruz because timelines match up more than likely. Like if they did Dominic Cruz versus Frankie Edgar at MSG, I would have no complaints about that. That's a fight I really want to see. And if we can only get one, I'm going to go with Cruz Aldo because I just think that, that I just think that's a consistent fight on everybody's list where it's like we have to see these two fight each other before one or both move on with their fighting career. So I'll go with Dominic Cruz. I don't know if we'll get it at the end of the year, but maybe early next year. But I think that's the fight that will ultimately happen. That's the low-hanging fruit. It's not the one I went for uh, because I know that the, I know that this is me being a hater. So feel free to, to flame <laughs> me in the comments. Uh, I I do, would not mind seeing that fight. I have never and will never feel that that is a fight that I needed to see that we would have missed out if it didn't happen because at no point during their respective title runs was I like, Dominic Cruz, he's going to be an interesting dude if he moves up to 145. It's like, Jose Aldo will absolutely demolish that weird dancing guy. Uh, and so it's just never a fight that is sung to me. Uh, whereas I am genuinely interested in, in Cruz Edgar and with Edgar on his way out, like he, this is his last fight. Like that is the fight I want. I think the last time I was on the show, that is the fight I called for. And so because of that, uh, as AK often, you know, says I've already predicted one, I'm going to stick to my guns there. Uh, and the other part is Aldo's number three in the UFC Bantamweight rankings. That'll change with Dallas Feely, but it'll probably drop to four. Like, Cruz is not in the same realm after his loss. I, I wouldn't at least put him. And so give me Aldo versus the loser of Corey Santagin, Song Yudong coming up. Uh, I, I think that that's a, a fair rebound fight, but I, I wouldn't have an issue with the Dom Cruz fight. I would just rather see Cruz fight, fight Frankie. Yeah, I because mean, also, no wrong answer here. Yeah, also the Cruz Aldo fight, like for there, there is literally one moment in time for the Frankie Cruz fight. It is right now because Frankie is retiring. So you got if if whatever the last fight you want for Frankie is has to happen right now. And I don't care about Frankie fighting Ricky Simone or whoever the hell they might put on that. Like that's the only fight that makes sense for Frankie at all, as far as I'm concerned, is Cruz. And we can do Al if Aldo loses his next one, then we can do Aldo Cruz. Like if Aldo fights the loser of Sandhagen, Song Yadong, and loses, Aldo Cruz is still in your back pocket. You can go to that whenever you want. So that's that's why I chose that. Hey, maybe Cody Garbrandt if he beats Ronnie Aya. Who knows? It's the spanaway division's crazy. You could throw Aldo in there with a lot of different guys, and it makes sense. So. Let's move on to the first two fights of the main card. Lucy P Pudilova told the naysayers of this fight with, with Wu Yunnan being on the main card, hey, 
I'm going to get you the top three fights a little bit quicker than you expected. Don't worry about it. It took her a little over nine minutes, but vicious ground and pound gets it done. So I'm going to go with the timeline pick. Uh, Someone who got a finish earlier this month, Myra Bueno Silva Jed just seems like, (laughs) like, I mean, who else is it going to be really? I mean, there's only like 20 active fighters in this division right now. I don't want to make sure I get this right. Friends forever. Yeah, let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure that it was that difficult just because, like you said, there's not a huge number of other options. Um, but this seems very low-hanging fruit. I mean, there aren't that many fighters. She is coming off a recent win, so the timelines match up. They both recently defeated Wu Yanan. It just seems to line up pretty well. So, yep, I'm uh, – I'm with you. Tyson Pajo had probably the least surprising result of the evening's festivities. He takes out Harry Hunsucker in 65 seconds. He's 2-0 and since coming back. What's next for the city kickboxing standout at 205? This is really difficult for me um, just because I, I don't know. It's hard for me to do like non-ranked light heavyweights because I can't think of any of them because it's mostly a sad morass of humanity. Uh, (laughs) But I ultimately, I I have a name and I don't know that I even feel good about it if if I'm being honest. So I hope you've brought something better. Uh, I'm taking Kennedy in in, in Chuck Wu. He's coming off the TK of Carl Roberson. I don't know. He also seems to be in that middle distance of light heavyweight and they can, they can, you know, hit people real hard. That's kind of, you know, watch two action figures smash together. Let's do it. This might be a little high on the totem pole, but I feel like, and and I like this guy a lot. I feel like he's ranked way too highly in my eyes, but he's just super fun. And I feel like no matter how this fight plays out and where it goes, it's going to be super fun. If it goes to the ground, it's going to be crazy. And if it stays standing, we're going to we're going to find ourselves a highlight real either way. But we've seen him fight the Ike Villanueva's and the Harry Hunsuckers of the world. I just want to see him fight. I just want to see him fight Paul Craig. I just think that's a fun ass fight. Those two guys is just so, it's just fun. Mike, he's fought Paul Craig before, right? But I'm talking okay. like 2022 Paul. Craig. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. Cause you know, you tell, you tell the listeners, they, they yeah. have to stipulate. Yeah. So I want to Those be clear. Guys. Paul Craig. I, I was one of the first guys I looked at just for the rematch. And then I was like, I somewhat agree that he's a little too highly ranked, but then I was like, that still seems unfair to Paul Craig. So even though it's a, you know, Paul Craig has a chance to get his revenge. I don't know. Let's let Paul Craig let him have a day in his day in the sun just a little bit longer. Yeah. I mean, let's, I don't, I mean, Tyson Pedro gets anybody's fun. Tyson is a personality. Put him over. No, no, give him a a shot. Give him a shot. You know, it's the first one was like five years ago and Paul like finished him with strikes, but I don't know. I kind of would like to see it again. So let us move on to the wild card pick where we will select one fighter from the card that we have not match made for yet. And we'll do so right now. It could be somebody from the prelims, win or lose someone who was not victorious in the first two main card fights. The options are endless. Jed, who you got? Mm, I don't love this. If I'm being honest, just because 
this should have been very easy because it should have been Alexander Romanov uh, versus take your pick of top seven uh, heavyweights. Uh, my personal answer probably would have been Derek Lewis um, because that's Derek Lewis's job now is to just be the stepping stone to the top of the division. And then Romanov went and lost. Granted, I want to be extremely clear, he's robbed. Um, but he wasn't robbed. We talked about it a lot in the post show. Like, there's no reasonable world where he Romanov doesn't get a 10-8 for the first round. So that should fight should have been a draw. But spiritually, we should punish fighters who have five minutes of cardio. So puts me in a weird position. Uh I ultimately I, I did pick Romanov to be my wild card, even coming off the loss, because I just can't possibly care about what Marcin Tabura does next. So I'm not gonna match make for that. So I ultimately was like, you know. F it. Let's do let's do two heavyweight grapplers. I know it maybe doesn't make sense from a how like you know the other ones on a big win streak and Romanov now coming off a loss, but give me Spivak Romanov. Let's see both dudes can, can mix it up a little bit on the feet. Spivak certainly has a cardio advantage. Romanov maybe a better grappler. You know, uh, it's a fight I wouldn't have done because I don't want to kill off a rising prospect. I had Romanov won. But since he lost, F it. Let's just do it. I thought we were going to have a rare Friends Forever wildcard moment. I'm that going with Romanov very... as well. And look, I, I, this is not going to be a popular pick. But after last night, I'm uniquely intrigued by this fight because oh, it could my be God, really weird not doing it. I'm doing oh, it. Oh, you absolute monster. I'm doing it. <laughs> Sign me up for Alexander Romanov versus Derek Lewis, Jed. And here's yeah. why. I love it. I love it. We, we know how that first round could go. It could go really, really Fail bad for upwards, Derek. Baby. Fail upwards, baby. However, however, Derek Lewis is really good at somehow with very little technique, like actual mixed martial arts technique, at getting back to his feet when he's taken out against pretty much anybody. Did it with Curtis Blades. And if this fight stays standing, yeah, Romanov might actually might crack him a little bit in the first five. But Lewis would have the striking advantage for sure. And if this gets out of the first round, this fight is heading for a place Dude. that could be really interesting, kind of hilarious, and a lot of fun. So the give me that third one. round Derek Lewis. Yeah. Mythical second third round, round third round Derek Lewis versus a man who apparently gasses out when he's in control for five full minutes. Like yeah. just I'm doing I'm, it. It makes sense. It's a fight Derek Lewis could definitely win after watching what I watched last night. And it's a fight Romanov can win after watching what I've watched in the past. I will say, I will give an honorable mention. The Jared Gordon, Patty Pimblet choice gets that because it's not the call out. It's just, I want to give some shine to Jared because of what it means in his eyes. After his win, trying to use the fight to promote mental health advocacy. And I'm sure in the back of his mind, he wants the rub too. Although that doesn't seem to be the most important thing, but give me Romanov Lewis. Give me all that smoke so we can get a few more answers about both guys, Romanov specifically. You know what's sad is uh, I I had hoped you would have been the bad person and done the thing that I thought about doing for Romanov because I think it's actually the fight that happens. They're going to do Shamil Abdurakhimov, and it's oh. just going to be awful. <laughs> it's going to be the worst heavyweight fight of all time. And that's for sure what's going to happen, but I love your answer better. I hope they do it. Screw it. Fail upwards. I think Jose yeah. Aldo should get a title fight. Um, <laughs> like I said it, I said it last night. I was like, you know, they gave him a title fight off a quote unquote loss before 
F it, do it again. Who cares? Uh, I'm pro everyone failing upwards on this card. Yeah, so it'll be fun. It'll be crazy. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Uh, we'll get to some listener picks. I'll get to yeah. some DMs real quick. We'll react to those. And yeah, th- to react to the Shamil Abdurahimov pick, if he beats Shamil, he's going to fight Derek Lewis anyway. So why- we'll just skip the middleman and just and just get to Derek Lewis because that's usually what happens. So uh, let me just run oh. through these. We'll react. And then uh, and then we're going to take just nothing but your comments and matchmaking yeah, suggestions the rest of the way. So uh, Gareth Rheingold gave a pre-fight pick and only one pick altogether. And he suggests that Paulo Costa signed with one championship to fight Roberto Soldich. Which, who the hell is not going to watch the hell out of that fight? I mean, okay. Um, why is he fighting Roberto Soldich? Because why not? Roberto signed with one. He's going to fight mean, 78, 85. Are we, we just disrespecting the God? Can he <laughs> to hit her? The number one to contender fight. I mean, I, I mean, I guess sure if you want, but it seems Soldich is like a welterweight middleweight versus RDR is a middleweight light like heavyweight, which is like that fight just makes way more sense to me to do that one. Uh, I mean, in fundamentally, I guess I don't have like a huge issue with it, but I would rather see RDR Costa than Soldich Costa. All right, let's uh, go to Dad Jackson. Losa versus Mickey Gall. Woodson versus Landwehr. Tybora versus Pavlovich, Pedro versus Craig, Marab versus Cejudo, Gordon versus D1 Jacasey. Uh and then he responded. I actually don't mind that, that fight. Yeah. And then he responded with that was effing nuts, dude, from the main event. Leon. And then he goes with Leon versus Connor, live from the O2 arena. And then Tom Asmanal versus Muhammad Usman for the co-main. I'm sure he's joking about both of those selections. And then he said, imagine if Mazadal gets a big win sometime soon and him and Leon finally settle the beef with the title involved. I know it's not even close to happening. I would disagree with that too, but still be a fun buildup and a fun fight for sure. And then go Usman versus Shafkat. I don't even know. This shit is bananas. Okay. Tristan Gordat, Paul Costa versus Darren Till, Cheeto versus Barab, Pudalova, Jocelyn Darren Edwards. T- Darren Till was my backup for uh, if he stayed in the UFC. I was going to do Darren Till behind Andre Muniz. But. Yeah. Uh, Tyson Pedro versus Azamat Mirzakhanov. By the way, it's category rules. And if your picks are crap, we're going to call you out on them. Um, Canadian Brian, good morning, Mike and AK. Hope you're both doing great this morning. I'm sure he met you, Jed. Wildcard, Jose Aldo versus Dominic Cruz. Tyson Pedro versus the winner. Yes, the winner of Iwan Kuchalaba versus Johnny Walker. Pudalova versus Egger. Costa versus the winner of Strickland Cannoneer. Leon Edwards versus Kamar Usman 3. Oh, my God, I was half asleep, and now I'm awake. Sorry, Hamzat. You could fight Colby, I guess. 
Okay. John I mean, Ray. I, I think yeah, most of those are okay. Um, yeah. I don't think Colby will fight Hamza, but I could be wrong. I also just don't think Colby's fighting because he's uh, had suffered brain trauma uh, in an outside the cage incident, allegedly. So feels difficult if you're making that claim to then go get into professional uh, punchy, sporty combat thing. Yes. John Ray with the most popular pick for Amir Albazi, which is Tim Elliott. Gordon versus Oh, that's Pichel. really good. I, yeah, like, I that. like that one. Gordon versus Vince Pichel. Pichel's injured. That's why he's not fighting October 1st, so we'll see when he can come back. Uh, Tybora versus Derek Lewis calling for the rematch, although he didn't specify if AK was here. He'd probably call you out. I'm I'm trying not to be a grump today. Pedro versus Nchukwi. <laughs> Uh, Devalish hey, versus, <laughs> Willie versus Dillashaw, win or lose. Hayes the third. Pedro looks like he's being built slowly. Hold with up. Marcin Praccio. Go ahead. Let's take a tea. I just want to ask you, how do you feel about Devalishvili versus Dillashaw, win or lose? Because certainly if Dillashaw wins, I, I can see – it seems unlikely just because if Dillashaw wins, he's just fighting the winner of Jan um, – O'Malley, because if Jan wins and Dillashaw wins, they will absolutely put that dude back in a title fight. But how do you feel if if otherwise? If Dillashaw loses, do you think that fight makes sense for Dillashvili? I think that's probably... Honestly, if Dillashaw loses, I think an Aldo fight maybe makes a lot more sense there. The, you, the Cruz fight makes sense. There's lots of fights that make sense. I don't hate it. I don't think... Marab could get a title shot if, I just don't, if, if Jan wins. Yeah, it's close. It's the issue is what the hell do you do with Marab? It's why the Aldo booking was stupid as hell in the first place. Yeah. Because one, Aldo should have been fighting for the title. Two, even if Marab wins, he was going to win like this. So it's not going to be a win that puts him over. And especially even if somehow it is a win that puts him over, he's not going to fight for the belt because he flat out will not fight the guy who has the belt. So there's just it's a very weird situation, and I don't know what you do with Marab realistically. Like yes. I picked the Cheeto Yan thing, but I don't even feel good about that. I just don't know what the hell you do with Marab given the situation. Hayes the third. Pedro looks like he's being he likes marching Prachnio. Tibora, I thought it was a draw, but I do think Tibora clearly took the last two rounds, so I can't hate on the decision too hard. I'll go with the Dacus Rosenstrike winner. Romanoff, I'll go with the winner of Tanner Bozer Nasamento. Jared Gordon versus Joel Alvarez, Woodson Saldana, run hashtag run back all draws, or just learn from the extremely innovative organization that is BKFC and do an overtime round. The scoring for that fight was shit too, but we're trying not to be grumpy. Run back all draws. <laughs> Losa versus Brahimaj Albazi. I said the winner of this fight should get Alex Perez before, and I'll stick with it. Arici Lang, Vince Morales, Altamirano, Jake Hadley. Uh Edwards Usman, Costa, what a weird but awesome fight. I feel like the Canadian Strickland winner is an obvious choice. Rockhold, not 100% sold he's done, but I think they're ranked dudes he could beat. Marab, I really want to see him in a five-rounder. It's tough to make definitive calls at the moment. With not knowing how everything else will play out, I'll go with the Sandhagen Song winner, although this is definitely tough to watch. I don't know if it would have helped, but it looks bad in hindsight that his coach didn't just tell him he was behind, which is an interesting point because I believe they told him he was up two rounds heading into the third, uh, and he said, let's do the the Dominic Cruz fight for it's too late. And then he wants a Otno point. Uh, he said, this is after 276, I believe. 
for Brad Riddell after the Jalen Turner loss, I just want to have another opportunity for a fun fight. So I'll go with Hanato Moicano, and that is happening at UFC 281. So you know what? I'll it's give you the damn no point. Nice to lead on. Kevin from Duval, Pedro versus Enchichuku, Richie Lang versus Ronnie Lawrence, Jared Biagin, Edwards. Dude, I love it. The Enchichuku, that pick's coming around. People are on board. Yes. Uh, Enchichuku and uh, Tafan Enchukwi are very positive ones. Uh, Let's see. Leon Edwards will defend first against Shemaev in Europe. Usman will come back next year and get an immediate title shot. Covington can be on standby for all these fights. Costa resigns the fights Whitaker, win or lose at UFC Paris. Aldo versus Cejudo in his comeback fight. Big name will entice Cejudo. Can even be done at 145. Don't, don't do it, Mike. Yeah, don't do it. That. Don't talk ahead. about Don't even read listener picks. I know you love your fans, and you should. They're great people. I won't call them the best fans in the world, but they're very, very good fans. Great fans. <laughs> don't indulge them. I'm not because doing Henry it. Cejudo isn't fist fighting anybody until we see him in the cage actually fist fighting somebody. Pudalova, Myra Buena Silva, Romanov, Ivanov, Jared Gordon, CDF, Woodson versus Saldana too. Drew Hilty, Leon got that dog. Carlos Diego Fajera. Oh, okay. Uh, That's that's not an abbreviation I'm accustomed to to using. Now now you have it, so you're welcome. Okay. Leon got that dog in him. Costa, this is, uh, who is this? This is Drew Hilty. Costa man is a wild card, but if he stays in the UFC, do Costa versus Strickland win or lose, the build will be silly. Marab versus Jan, win or lose. <laughs> I guess he's so. Marab versus Jan, win or lose. I guess he's hoping to be Aljo's bodyguard from now on. There you go. Oh, God. And then you said Tyson Pedro versus Ed Herman. I'm pretty sure he's still in the UFC. Tybura, oh, Spivak, too. And Amir Albazi, David Dvorak. And then he go. he has a rant. All right. Jesus, there needs to be some sort of standardized black and white for enforcing fouls. I'm sick of the refs picking and choosing when to enforce the rules. You get one verbal warning warning if you commit a foul, and the next time you commit a foul, whether it was what you were warned for originally or something different, a point should be taken. Jed, go ahead and wax poetically about rules and cheating and fence grabs because we say this all the time. People are people hated on this at first, but now a lot of you are jumping on board, and you should be jumping on board. But yeah, just if say you what you have to say. I it, agree. If you're hating on it, you're just wrong. <laughs> it's just all it is. Like I can't. I don't. I don't know how else to make the argument. It is cheating is legal, so you shouldn't do it. Um, it's it's very very simple and there shouldn't be any verbal warnings because they all get verbal warnings it happens before the fight in the back room it's literally a fighters get a warning back there it's like hey let's go over the rules to make sure you a professional fist fighter don't do a bad thing and they go out and then if you're in the main event you get another one because they bring you into the center and it's like hey you know, do you guys, do you have any questions? Do you have any questions? Fight clean, fight hard, fight fair, go after it. You get all the warnings in the world. And I guess what? You don't need them because in the NFL, the refs don't go back in the locker room. and are like, all right, does anyone know what a face mask is? Let's talk about it. You can't do that. And then if you do it, they're not, they don't slap your hand away from the face mask. And like, don't you do that again? They penalize you because it's illegal. Uh, every fist fighter should be illegal all the time, 100,000%. Kamara Usman cheated a bunch in their fight. Leon Edwards cheated a bunch in their fight. 
Uh, I think Usman did a lot more than Edwards, but, uh, you know, it happens. I fundamentally believe that if you are a mixed martial arts coach and you are not teaching your fighters to cheat, it's not cheating. If they don't penalize you, it's not cheating. It is playing within the bounds of the established criteria because if they don't, if, if they allow it to happen, it is legal by definition. So especially if Herb Dean's refing you, because who the hell knows what that dude, if that dude will ever take a point in his entire career. So cheat, cheat all the time, cheat every time. If you are, uh, it's funny to say that uh, Saldana should have cheated because he did cheat really, really aggressively. But like when he was in that buggy choke, you're just, if you're in a buggy choke, you're not getting out of a buggy choke. But if he just, you know, poked dude in the eye for a little bit, probably gets a break, probably like, Hey, don't do it. And then he's out. Like, it's just cheat, just, just cheat, cheat all the time. Cheat every time. Uh, Kamar Usman blatantly grabbed the fence and helped, held, held himself up as a result of that in the middle of that fight, like cheat, cheat. It's never going to hurt you. It's only going to positively benefit you. Yep. Until things change, grab the fence, do whatever you got to do because they're not going to call you. They're just not going to call it. It's, it's insane. There's no reason. I don't, I genuinely don't understand why the referees and people, well, it's taking a point is harsh. Cool. Don't cheat. Like, it's just that it's not, I agree. It is harsh. Habib Nurmagomedov, Never cheated in his entire career. I believe I've watched his entire career, and I believe he, at one point in time, was warned for holding shorts, and that is the only verbal warning he got in his entire career. Because you don't have to. Cheating is a choice. It just is. Like if 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 every fighter came in knowing that if I cheat, this will really really adversely affect me, probably wouldn't happen nearly to the extent that it does. Yeah, and. I'm not even asking like for the first fence grab or two to, to take a point away. What I'm asking for is to stop action. And if it's on like a takedown attempt and he doesn't get the takedown, the ref should stop the fight and it give should position. be an automatic takedown and give him at least put him in full guard hundred percent, but it's not happening. So grab the fence, grab the glove, poke the eyes, kick him in the ding ding. It ain't going to matter. Cause it ain't going to get called. It might get called for a, for a pause, but no points are being taken away. It's just, it's, stupid but that's the world we live in uh let's move on to probably driving people around <laughs> costa darren till i feel like costa didn't gain that much from beating a guy like rockhold who is definitely a legend in his own right but hadn't fought in three years it was aging i think a fight with till would be a great matchup for both of them they haven't fought each other would produce fireworks rockhold thanks for a great career kind of a doo-doo pick here tyson pedro mikhail olegzaychuk because olegzaychuk is now a 185er so can't really do that there uh, Tybura versus Pavlovich. I feel like there's not much else for him to do. Jarzinho's going against Dacus. He just lost to Volkov. Aspinall is hurt. It feels like Pavlovich is the only place for him to go at this point. Romanov versus Spivak. I think this is another good test for Romanov, someone who is lighter than Tybura, but fights in the same manner in a fight that would test him, but I'd favor him in. Gordon versus Guram Kutatsaladze. I feel like Gordon has a lot of hype after detaining someone with a bat video. <laughs> Step up in competition in Guram would be a good fight, and Gordon's pressure makes any fight enjoyable. Losa versus Brian Battle would be fun, and he likes Amir Albazi versus Manel Kopp. If you want a black belt, go face him. Marcus, uh, let's Man, see. If we have- can we can we just recognize that flyweight freaking rules? Yeah, flyweight is like true. Every uh, Albazi's gotten like ten different dudes thrown out, and all of them are fire. Like Alex Perez, hell yeah, sign me up. Manel Cop, hell yeah, sign me up. Yep. And 
uh, betting the under on any of these fights? Hell yeah, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see what Marcus has. Does he have anything different? Uh, Richie Lang, Douglas Silva de Andrade, Tyson Pedro versus Ihor Poteria, Pudalova, Jessica Rose Clark. Interesting. Paulo Costa versus. Bad. What about Paulo Costa versus Drickus Duplessis? Or is that too soon for Drickus? Mm, I don't think it's too soon. Um, I don't hate it. If if he's gonna stay around, it, it's. I think if you're doing that, I still just would prefer Muniz because Muniz deserves the launch up the rankings a lot more. But I don't hate that fight if that's. It's it's odd. I just sometimes forget about DDP. Um, yeah, and I don't really know how good he actually is, but I don't hate that fight if you make it. That fight is just insanity. It's so just, I would watch the hell out of it. Well, every, Drinkus, every, Drinkus every one DDP speed. fight is insanity. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, so. nuts. That'd be a, a really fun fight. That's probably uh, the most fun fight you can do with Paulo Costa right now. Like, yeah. I, I would be willing to say that that would be the most fun matchup for him. So good, good choice. I like that. Whoever came up with that one, like Darren, like Darren Till and Sean Strickland would be fun, like in the build, but. The best like Sean Strickland would fight be hilarious. Would be DDP. Yeah, Sean Strickland be. fight would be hilarious in the build. I like that pick. Uh, Dylan, hey Mike, hoping you and AK slash Jed are having nice summer's end. My picks, Edwards versus Covington. I mean, why not? UFC gives fighters coming off of losses, title fights all the time. Give Usman time to regroup. I don't like, I, I just don't. Also, why do you say coming off losses? Because Covington came off a loss. Just coming off a loss. Didn't he just beat Jorge Masvidal? Oh, you're right. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was going to say, I, am I taking crazy pills? I, you're right. You're really absolutely right. Covington is coming off a win. I, I, I totally forgot that fight happened outside of what happened after yeah, the Yeah, because everything else Beach. happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, true that. My bad. See? There you go. Uh, Costa versus the loser of Adesanya Pereira. Uh, really versus the winner of Song Sandhag. I'd love to see him dominate strikers that have not even close to the level of takedown defensive Aldo. And then he says, Aldo versus Cruz. Now is the time, Dana. Just effing do it. Four-quarter sports, Marab versus Ahudo or T.J. Dillashoff. He loses to Sterling. Aldo versus Sanhagen, Yadong loser. Pedro, Fabio, Charant, doo-doo pick. Charant has to be released at this point. I'm 99.9% .9 sure he is. Tybura versus the winner of Christakis, Jarzinho. Romanov versus Sakai. Saldana, David Onama. Woodson versus Charlie Ontiveros. I don't... I mean, maybe he's still in the UFC. I doubt it, but I think Ontiveros is a lightweight anyways, unless Woodson wants to go to 155. I don't know. That's just a bad knockout loss waiting to happen in front of Eros, I think. Losa versus Witt. Arichi Lang versus Miles Johns. That's fun. Uh, Alta Morano versus Ode Osborne. That is also fun. So I like that. Thomas Collins. Yeah, rules. It does. Thomas Collins. Uh, in Alexander's absence, I'm sending my matchmaking suggestions here. Unfortunately, I'm probably not going to make the live show. Firstly, as a Brit, I'm proud to see Leon win the belt. It's amazing to see him achieve this. Let's get on to the matchmaking. Leon Edwards versus the... Whoa. Leon Edwards versus the winner of Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady, though we all know it will be the trilogy. I think Usman will take a while off and we can have a fresh title fight Come with on. either a rematch of a controversial <clears throat> no contest or an undefeated welterweight contender. All our amazing fights, but please can we do it in the UK next February? Boy, oh boy. That's, I, that's, that's a tough hang. I, where is this gentleman from? I don't know. As a Brit. I, he's a Brit. He said I that. would bet my life he's from the UK because... While I respect it, this is a please do not throw Leon into a title fight at home against Hamza Shemaev. 
<laughs> that is, please don't do that to us. We find mama. We did it. We got our second champion ever. Let him defend at home in a fight that is winnable. And Hamzad, I, I do not believe is winnable for Leon. Yeah. So I respect it. Uh, I would love it because I think Sean Brady's awesome. I don't think there's, I, I am confident saying there's a 0% chance that the, that fight happens next. Yeah, I'm one with you. Uh, Marab versus Pantoja at flyweight. I think Sterling will beat TJ and therefore won't be fighting Marab anytime soon. I think he will drop down to flyweight. And given that Figgy versus Barreto is unlikely to happen to early next year, so it's going to be a while before he can fight, giving him a number one contender fight versus Pantoja to see whether he gets the flyweight title shot. Now, Marab has talked about moving down to 125. So I don't think I buy that he can do that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, He's not a small human being. Yeah, he's like, not. <laughs> he's, he's, he is very thick. And was yeah, he was thicker than Jose, and I, I didn't think Jose would be able to make one thirty five. Frankly, so I don't. I mean, I, Rob knows his body better than I do, but I think that's awful. He super should not do that. Um, and I, yeah, I I hate that. I hope that doesn't happen. Let's certainly so, move up if that's if that's the blocker. That's a much better choice. Not a great start. Um, I don't hate this next one, though. I actually think this is very well what could happen. Marcin Tybora versus Jelton Almeida, who I assume beat Shamil Durahimov at UFC 279. Gives him a new test. I also think Marcin needs one more win before fighting up again. I could definitely see the UFC putting that fight together because I think Jelton Almeida is a freaking problem. Uh, Finally, Alexander never gave me a shout-out for some check-the-tapes, and I'd be grateful if you could give it to me for Marab versus Aldo, which I called after UFC 266 and Marab's win against Marlon, and Tybora versus Romanov, which I called after Romanov's last win. I mean, I'll, I'll leave that to AK. Uh, I think this is the last one. This is... I think it's an anonymous picker. It's a user account with a whole bunch of numbers that I'm not going to read. It was me. Uh, this is you. Leon Usman, three in Birmingham. Costa versus Vittori Rob. Dude, that would Rob. be awesome. <laughs> if they did it in Birmingham, that, that would, would be sick. That would rule. It won't happen. They will do it in London, but it would rule if they did it in Birmingham. Oh, I like this one. Uh, do it at MSG. Pedro versus Negamarianu. That's a fun-ass fight. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, do we have anything new here? Romanov versus Alexi Olenek. Is Alexi Olenek still going to fight people? I think so. He just got a submission win at in Jacksonville. I, yeah, but that's that was his like what was his sixtieth career win or whatever or fiftieth. I think he's still doing the damn thing. He might be yeah. Booked. He he should have retired with that win because he's a hundred and seven, and you can't Ezekiel jokes <laughs> people at some point in time. And I mean, if he still wants to fight, sure. I actually think that's as good an option as you can do for Romanov. But let's come on, man, just retire. That one's okay. You're in, you're 107 years old. Go out on a win. Nobody goes out on top in the sport, and you did it, Alexi. You did it. Leave. Uh, Saldana versus Melsic. Woodson versus Ocho Peterson. Do we have anything else? Arichi Lang versus Brian Kelleher. That's a fun fight. Uh, and I think we're good. And then uh, I guess, I guess we, the name is Toby Kinsella because he screenshotted Helwani's tweet. Name one result that'll happen today that will be considered a shock surprise. And he said Leon Edwards KO left high kick. So there hey, you go. Good call. Nice receipt. Nicely done. All right. So if you got picks of the chat, 
Let's go. We're going to go for like 10 more minutes. I'm going to try to scroll up a little bit and I'll get to as many as I can. But if you put them in earlier, spam them now and we'll get after it. So uh, Tybura versus Evenoff because that probably it's probably what will happen. Marav versus Song Dong from Fearless Joe Bonsai. Is that doo-doo? Because Song has a fight. I know, but maybe maybe this is a problem. I know. I'm just I'm trying, to, I'm trying know, to represent I AK. I get you. Uh, Lil Groom, Gloom, Edwards versus Mazadal. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Where are we at? Let's see. Rockhold's not coming back because he won't get another marquee fight anytime soon. I don't know if that's true or not, but. Well, I think see. if he comes back, he gets a marquee fight. It's Luke freaking Rockhold. What are we talking the about? numbers this guy put up this week. Everyone was cared about what he's doing. Marav versus O'Malley, there's just no way that fight happens, at least unless it's for a belt. Three pieces of the soda yeah. versus fish and chips in London. Okay. I mean, listen, I see there is a very real possibility that fight happens if Usman takes time off. Uh, yes, Tony Ferguson versus Li Jing Liang was booked for UFC 279, Jed. Your response? Um, I think this is an awful booking, but what do I care? Uh, I think Tony's washed, so it's fine. But this is – you. When a surprise booking happens, you want to go, that's weird. Kind of into it. I just go, that's weird. And that's a lot. I, I don't have the second thought for this. Like, what is what does this do for who? Why why is this happening? What's the build up? This feels entirely like they just didn't know what to do and the timelines matched up. So they said, screw it. Like I think you could have used Tony Ferguson in a hundred different ways. I don't think this one is a particularly good one, but like when he tweeted out the picture of the bat signal, like that's exactly what it was. They're like, this card really stinks. Yeah. We need a star on it. And yeah, I was like, let's, let's put a dude that people will like on it. And then I guess the leech was the only one around who was ready to go in a shortish time frame. Like, I, it's just a super weird fight. And it's not even one that I think is particularly fun. Don't mind at all, Tony, going up to welterweight. I think that that's very, very viable. Um, you know, to try and breathe new life into his career, but it's just a super weird fight. I'm not, I'm not into it. Yeah, especially after the brutal knockout loss to Michael Chandler, this could be, it could be a really rough night because Lee could freaking crack. Uh, Mazdal does do, don't deserve a title shot. When has that mattered in the UFC? It doesn't matter. It's a big money fight. It'll do well on pay per view. It will sell out. If they do it in the UK, no doubt about it. Uh, Leon Mazdal in March. Did Leon steal knockout of the year? I think so. Oh, that's not even a question. Yeah. It's, there's, he has it and there's no one who will take it from him. I, there's no, I struggle to see a war. Unless Nate Diaz knocks out Hamzat Shemaev with a flying knee or something like that. And even then, I don't, there's just ain't no way. The, the context of that is, that's one of, that has a le- very legitimate case to being the greatest KO in the history of, of the UFC. Like a very legit case for that. There ain't no way anyone's taking KO of the year from that. Connor don't deserve a title shot. Same freaking point. Connor does I, it, but I think that one's a lot funnier than Masvidal. That is funnier. <laughs> and I, It's and a I, way funnier thing <laughs> to, to just be like, hey, Leon, England versus Ireland. Let's do it. <laughs> it's yeah. way funnier. Yeah, and I do think... I do think there's a very good chance that if Charles Oliveira beats 
Islam Makachev that he's going to fight Connor anyways. So I think Connor could very well get a title shot because again, it doesn't matter. It doesn't I mean, matter. It's what Connor, sells. Connor can fight. Yeah, can fight Ooh. Islam too. How about this, Jed? I mean, this is one that I called for on the rise of Romanov, and it just never got put together. Romanov I mean, versus Arlovsky. Arlovsky, I believe, is booked. Uh, he, I forget who he's booked against. I'm almost but... certain you're right because he booked some bo- a fight that I think is I remember not liking. He is fighting at. He's fighting Marcos Roger Marcos de, Lima de Lima on October 29th. I would. Uh, let's see. If something falls apart there, I'd be okay with that. Matt Schnell is also booked. Uh, Albazi versus Schnell would be fun if that actually happens. Incredible uh, fun. Who is Schnell fighting? It's a, it's a fun. I remember. <laughs> I Romano forget. There's so many elevation. Somebody posted the chat. Oh, that's that's hilarious. Uh, he's fighting, oh, he's fighting, Master, my guy. He's fighting Mateus Nicolau in on, in December, which is a fun. Yeah, it was the fight he called for. Got the player. quick turnaround. That's why you call for fights, fighters. Close mouth, don't get fed. No, he doesn't deserve a title fight, but Edwards owes him a three piece of the soda. Uh, it's criminal to book Tony in the spot against the leech. A lot of Marab picks, a lot of them pretty much the same. Um, Pedro versus Menafield. Menafield, I believe, is booked as well. I believe he just got booked. Like, it just recently happened. Oh, Tony Fury, you, as a man who has so much salt about Marab, you, sir, you're a salty, salty man. Yes. Uh, Menafield's fighting Misha Serkinov October 15th. Uh, Tybora versus Tuivasa if he loses to Gan. I I mean, it would make sense, but I just want to see Ty Tuivasa just yeah. fight like hammer and tongs sorts of strikers. Um, yeah, don't do not do that fight. Let's have fun with Ty. Ty's fun. Let's not. And you know who isn't fun? Marcin Tabura. He just never <laughs> has been. It's just what that is. I was thinking it would be Kevin Holland, I guess, for Tony, but... Maybe they get him on 279. See, no, that fight makes way more sense. Like, that is actually matchmaking. Whoever that is, you're a substantially better person than whoever the hell put this Tony fight together. Tony, Kevin Holland, that, that is a fight that I exactly did the thing I said. I would have never thought about it. It was never like, a, ooh, this should happen. But as soon as you say it, I'm like, oh, weird. But okay, I'm kind of into that. Like, that's, let's see. Let's see what that's about. That's a way better fight. Yes. I thought maybe they'd get Holland versus Wonderboy on this card or something because that would make sense too. There's two names that that are draws Dude, and Tony versus Wonderboy is better. There's so many better fights. Yeah. I just, I mean, listen, Tony, Tony's on this card for two reasons: one, to just boost the stock of the card in some way because he's a star, and two, we have two guys who it's going to be tough to. I mean, it's, I, I think both guys will fight September 10th, but let's just say like something happens and Hamza can't make it over. They'll sell the shit out of Tony Ferguson versus Nate Diaz yeah. as the as the new main event. Yeah, so this is this guy. is a backup. He's the backup. Tony oh. versus Hamzat, please don't allow that to happen. But Tony versus Nate, I'd be fine with, and you could sell that as a pay per view. Yeah. Um, especially at this point. Let's see what we're asked here. Uh, I gotta ask you, stoked for House of Dragons tonight? Not my thing. Are you a Game of Thrones guy? Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be really good. Uh. Fire and Blood, which is the book that the show is uh, going to be based off of, was decent. It was very odd. Uh, it'll be a really – it's not like a direct one-to-one thing to to make, 
um, just because of the way that book is structured. It's kind of written like a history book. It's it's different. Um, but the reviews early on are that it's very good. Uh, I have hope that it will be good because the problem with Game of Thrones uh, was that as while they had source text, Game of Thrones was really good. Um, but the Benioff and, and Homeboy uh, aren't good at writing. Like they are just not good at it. And as soon as they lost source text, they they lost the ability to write a good television show. This has source text, and I have a lot of faith that it will be pretty entertaining. Winner of Connor versus Mazadal for the welterweight belt. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that the Connor Mazadal fight would happen, but if it does, the winner of that for sure gets to fight for welterweight title if they want to. While two champs lost their belts in the last minute in the fifth round in the last couple months, fights they were both winning, by the way. Like, yeah, Glover Teixeira, same same sort of thing, although that fight was a lot more Very, very different, but yes, very (laughs) wild. What about Michael Chandler? Chandler's fighting Poirier either in November or December. The date is the only thing being worked on at this point, but yeah. Uh, Mazadal will have to wait. Maybe. Again, the only one, the only one that can make the only one that can change the course of a trilogy fight is Kamaru Usman. If Usman's like, listen, I need like nine months. I just want to take some time away. Mazadal is in the conversation. There's no doubt about it. I don't yeah. know if he gets it. If Hamzat just rolls Nate, but we'll see. Usman doesn't need to fight again. He can wait for a rematch. I agree. We're going that route. That's the route we go unless Kamaru wants to do something else. Abazi versus Dell is good. Colby, if they booked somehow booked Colby versus Leon, who wins? I think, I think I Colby take wins. Colby, yeah, but uh, I'd be interested. Um, certainly, the way that fight happened, I I think it's Colby, but it's a good fight. I, I would watch it. Nate by sub. Woodson versus the Jordan Wood winner and Eldania versus the loser. I mean, Saldana won probably won that fight, but I don't know. It was just it was a weird fight. I, I actually like the idea of them just running running the, that one back because like it's not they're not like vying for titles or anything. They're not mm-hmm. holding up anybody else. Like if you want to run that one back and and do it right, like I'm cool with that. Bigger mm-hmm. upset: Holly Holm KOs Ronda Rousey by head kick, or Leon KOs Usman by head kick. I mean, it's very clearly Usman by head kick, just because. A lot of people picked Rousey, and I know a lot of people actually picked Leon in this, but the Holly's head kick came after beating the brakes off Rousey <laughs> to a point that it was like very clear what the outcome was going to be. Uh, Leon's came after not getting the brakes beat off him, but losing convincingly. Uh, I think that uh, certainly the home KO is more significant historically in terms of what that meant for the sport. But yeah, the I, I would say it's very clearly the Leon's comeback KO. Schnell got booked that fast, yes. But the fight's in December, so it's not like they're fighting in September. So he's got a lot of time to kind of clear the cobwebs from that insane fight. Uh, Mike Perry versus Jake Paul. I mean, we'll see what Jake's going to do because he says he's says he's fighting in October against a boxer. I, don't, I have no friggin' idea. Uh, Shafkov versus the winner of Bilal versus Brady. Eh, maybe the loser. Very, I I think it's very likely that that 
I, I think I agree with Jabba. I think that's the fight that happens because the winner of Bilal Brady is at least one away. And I think Shavkat just kind of makes sense in that regard. <laughs> Tony versus Verdum, long overdue. Uh, let's see. I think we got a couple more. I'm just scrolling through here. Dude, Verdum Rockhold. <laughs> remember, remember when that was a thing? <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, see a lot let's of see. A lot of Tony talk. I know I'm not Ariel. I don't claim to be Ariel. I'm my own man. Uh, I'm not Sarah, Ariel either, guys. Yeah, Sarah TKO GSP or is is that's definitely Sarah. Come on. Yeah, come on. Sarah beating George St. Pierre is one or or two in the greatest upsets of all time. It's probably almost certainly one, but I'm willing to hear the argument for Juliana Pena over uh, over Amanda Nunes. Marab misses moment per Dana. I agree. It wasn't one that it's just like, oh, we have to give Marab a title fight. I mean, the whole thing with Aljo kind of like screwed the pooch it's, on that anyways. It ruins Which is it. good. Good for him. I mean, good for him. He wants to be a good teammate. So, Oh, yeah. I'm not saying call out Aljo. It's just like, he, what can he do? He can't. If he had flying triangle armbar Jose, he can't call for a title fight because his friend has the belt. It's It's one of those situations that happens and it's there's it's really tough to navigate there's one other comment i want to see but it's too high up but um it got a lot of it got a lot of chatter here um connor versus gaichi i know how highly you think of that fight and i would love to see that someday i don't know if that's what happens things would have to like dominoes would have to fall in certain ways for this for that to happen um, I could see a, a very strong world where Justin Gaethje fights Raphael Fazeev next because I just think the timelines will line up. Similar surgeries. I just think it's a fun fight. Makes sense to give Fazeev a little bit of a, of a bump up and a rub and who's going to complain about that fight. But I know how highly you regard a potential Conor McGregor versus Justin Gaethje fight. And for those who have not heard this, this rant of yours about how much you adored the idea of this fight, wax poetically before you get out of here. I don't think it's a rant. It's just the obvious fight to make. Like, I'm okay if it doesn't happen because it's a fight you can make at any point in time. Both men would take it. It will be great. It's the best fight. It is the most entertaining fight on paper in the history of the sport, bar none. I, I fundamentally do not think you can show me a fight on paper and be like, this is better than that. Their styles clash in such a fun way. Both of them are bonus machines. Gaethje, I, I don't know what it's at right now based on the Oliveira fight, you know, but at one point, Gaethje's first, like, seven fights, he had nine bonuses in the UFC. Connor's exactly the same way. They're in, in cage product, whatever you think of Connor McGregor. You, he is undeniably a thrilling fighter to watch, and Justin Gaethje is the most exciting fighter in the history of the sport to watch. You put those two dudes together and you make you make magic happen because it would be awesome. If we don't ever get that before one or both men retire, it will be a travesty. And so I would love them to do it right now. But if you do Gaethje Fazeev and then it, that just comes down the line, I'm okay with it. But those guys got to go at it. They just have to. Would love to see it. All right. We are getting out of here at this point. Uh, thank you all for joining us. We went – Hour and 15. I said we'd go an hour. We gave you a little extra bonus time. Let so. me just respond to a guy named Brandon who said Connor gets a bonus for being Connor. No. 
that's just wrong, dude. Like you can hate him all you want. I have have no big love for him, but you just can't pretend that that dude is anything less than magic inside the cage. Like he's point to me a boring Connor fight. The only answer is Max Holloway when he blew out his knee. And also he managed to beat Max Holloway with the blown out knee. That win is aged by far the best of all of Connor's wins, save the Aldo one. You can not like the dude, but you can't disrespect the entertainment value he brings when he steps in the cage. It's through the roof. Yep. There you go. Well said. I think that's a good way to go out. UFC 278 is going to give us lots to talk about for the next several days, maybe even longer because for the first time in a long time, we don't have a UFC event this coming Saturday. The UFC is off next Saturday. I don't know what this feels like. What do I do with my hands, Mike? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. What to do to do. You might have to drop another Dan. They were good this week. No, Maybe. no, no, no bets barred. I don't know. There's lots we could do. We will have a BTL. We'll have the MMA hour tomorrow. Line up to be announced tomorrow morning. MMA hour on Wednesday. Lots going on right here on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. So thank you very much. Much appreciated for those listening after the fact of the podcast network. We love you guys. You're the best. For Jed Bashu, I am Mike Heck. We'll see you in a couple weeks after UFC Paris right here on On to the Next One. Godspeed, everybody. Love you guys. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.